Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. So I'm excited to bring the word uh, this morning. As you know, our month's series in January is Reset. And I was having a conversation the other day with a girlfriend. I said, really, it's like you finish the year, Christmas, it's busy, you know, you have family coming, coming and going, and then it's like, bang, we're in a new year. Wow, here we go again. And it's like, you need the whole of January to literally reset and regroup. And that's why it's that holiday time. It's time to go, okay, God, it's another year. I just need this month to go, okay, here we go again. Reset, recharge the batteries. How does the year look? And I don't know if any of you remember, if you're in our first service uh, of January a few weeks ago, and I opened service and I shared something that was on my heart that God was speaking to me about. And it's like, I felt like, Some of us are going into the year vague, but God wants you to go into the year with purpose. And I wanted to encourage you over the month of January to go and walk and talk with him and get your God word for the year. I know it sounds cliche, but seriously, if you don't have a word, you just walk vague, you walk blinded. You know what I'm talking about? So I sort of put that challenge out and I said, take this month to reset And to have that month to go, okay, God, where are you in my year? I want to step into the year with purpose. Don't just fluff around and just walk into the year vague. Because if I can be honest with you, we finished our year pretty exhausted and full on. And then our family came, which was beautiful, filled our love tank. But then the new year kicked in and I was feeling vague. I was feeling tired. I was feeling weary. And I needed just to take that time to go and walk and talk with him and say, God, I need to get recharged again. What does the year look like? What is the word for me for the year personally, but not only for me, but for my family? And God gave me a word for my life personally, for my family, but also for us as a church. And I've written that down. And so when tough times come, And in the scriptures it says in Isaiah, remember not the former things, nor consider things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do not perceive it. I will make way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So when there's wilderness and desert moments, you can grab onto that word and say, God, that's my word. I'm going to hold onto that tight. I'm going to cast all my cares upon you because you care for me. Amen. Come on. Why don't we thank him? Yeah. Might as well get excited at the beginning of the year because by the end we're tired, but it's all good. Come on. Amen. So, you know, when I was talking about walking and talking with him, and I feel like that's a word for a lot of you here today, it's a year to walk and talk with him. Not rush and talk, but walk and talk. Because, you know, we're always rushing and then talking and communing and rushing and going about our business. But it's like you need to take time to say, hubby, can you look after the kids for 10 minutes? I'm putting my earphones on my phone, my podcast, and I'm going to go and walk and talk with you and commune with you because I need you first and foremost. Amen. Not rushing and talking. And when you find yourself rushing and stressing, getting flustered, hang on a minute. Remember that word that Pastor Melissa said, I need to walk and talk with him. Amen. I want to give you four quick things this morning to help you reset and start your year 
with new habits. Amen. Come on. So if you've got your phone, I want you to write them, uh, type them in, or if you've got a pen and pad, or if you've got a really good memory, restore them there. Because these are some things I want to encourage you with to start afresh and reset. And the first one is listen to God's word. Matthew 4, 4, but he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You know, in this new year, I want to encourage you to commit to paying close attention this year to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God for you. You know, his word, his voice matters far greater than any other voice, our own voice, voices of other people. And I want to encourage you, as you step into this year, seek and listen to God's word for your life. Seek his wisdom and guidance. I don't have the wisdom. I don't have the answers, right? I can go to my hubby and he has so much wisdom, but there's things I can go, God, I need your wisdom on this situation. And it stops it has to make me stop rushing, but make me walk and talk with him to get his wisdom and his guidance. You know what I'm talking about. Wait and get his words so that you can speak into things and situations and relationships how God wants you to respond in those situations. We should never underestimate the power of words. Because sometimes our words get messy, hey? But when we seek him and get his words, they're not messy. They're the right words. You know when a judge speaks, uh, then a person is condemned or set free, right? When a physician, a doctor speaks, a person goes into surgery, they're like, yep, they've got to go into surgery or they're, they're let go of hospital because he said, yep, they got the all clear or no, we need to act. When a government official speaks, um, you know, billions of dollars are spent or they're either withheld. It's like in our own life, when we speak, we need to let God's voice be the loudest voice because as you know, our words either pull down or they bless. They either uplift or they curse. There's power in our words. Let his word be the thing that directs you this year, church. Let his word be the word that directs you. And you know what? Our heart is that we for us as a church corporately and individually and in your own personal worlds, that we continue to walk and grow in maturity in Christ. That we are in a space where we get saved and we're immature. But he says, come on a journey with me. That was you back then. This is you now. Keep growing in maturity. It's like once we were a baby, once we were a toddler, but we grew up into a mature adult. And that's in our own spiritual journey. God wants us to get us out of that place. You once were a child. You thought like a child. But now you're grown up. Act grown up in your situations, how you respond, how you react, what you do, the decisions you make. But it takes walking and talking with him to get his guidance and his wisdom. Amen. So that's the first thing. Come on. Second thing is be a leader like Christ. Oh, that's a good one. Be a leader like him. You know, all the time I have moments because I'm human and I think, is that what actually Jesus would have done? Is that how he would have responded? Now, he was perfect. 
We are imperfect. But I always go, I want to strive to be more like Christ. I want to strive to be more like Christ in my relationships, in my marriage, in the way I parent my kids. I'm not going to get it right. But I want to, God, I want to lead my family. I want to lead the people that God has entrusted to me more like you. I'm not going to always get it right. But God, I will say I'm sorry when I need to be sorry and I'll make right when I need to make it right because that's called being mature in Christ. Amen. You know, John Maxwell published a book in 2006 called The 360 Leader. And the subtitle is uh, developing your influence from anywhere in your organization. And on the back, there's a tagline that says, don't wait for that promotion. Start leading now right where you are. Every single one of you are called to lead, to lead your wife, to lead your family, to lead your children, to lead God that he's entrusted to you. And my encouragement is to you to strive this year to get the characteristics of Christ to help you lead because Christ is the ultimate leader. Can I say, take his lead? Have you ever heard that saying? Take his lead for your life. Take his lead and I'll tell you what, you'll have less trip-ups. Amen? Let me read you this. God desires us to be sold out to him for us to positively change our world, impact vision, create new and recreate old, mentor and empower those around us and spiritually inspire those we lead. And I want to encourage you today, strive to be more like Christ in the way you do relationships. If you're a boss, as a husband and a wife, as a mother, as a father, as a son, as a daughter, as a friend, as a team member, let's strive to lead and influence more like him. Amen. And I want to, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, Christian said, we want to put that challenge out to you, church. This is wonderful, but this is not good enough. We are all called to go and make disciples. That is the thing that Christ said when he went and he ascended to heaven. That is it. He, the only thing he said, I give you the greatest commission, go and make disciples. As simple as that. And church, that's not only our job, that's not only our team's job, but it's every single one of you. He says, go and make disciples. Bring people into the house of God. Share the good news. Share your life. Share your testimony and watch what I will do. Amen. Third thing is beat the stress this year. Come on, that's a constant. Beat the stress. Psalm 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Continually beat the stress. Let me read you this. The Center of Disease Control and Prevention recently said that over half the people who die before they're 65, the basic cause of death is stress. And one scholar who said that between 60 and 70% of people who go to see their physicians, their doctors, have stress as their underlying cause of their symptoms. Now, earlier on last year, beginning of last year, I came down with a virus called shingles. And I was like, what the heck? I've had chicken pox, I don't get shingles. Little did I know, yes, you can. Now, if anyone knows a little bit about shingles, it's stress-related. And my body went, uh-uh, had enough. It manifested in the physical because of stuff I was holding, I was carrying physically, emotionally, mentally. And it was a little bit of a wake-up call for me. 
So, you know, it was probably about eight weeks till I felt like I was 100% again. But I felt like, you know, God said, Melissa, the things that you're stressing about, the things that you are worrying about, the things that you're holding on to is not worth your health. It is not worth that mental space. And I tell you what, church, I've had to say that again coming into a new year. Because as you know, some of us can throw off worry a lot easier than others, but I internalize and I have to keep casting my care and say, God, I give it to you. I give it to you. I give it to you. Amen. I give it to you. There is, uh, this is not how God wants us to live, church. He doesn't want us to live in stress. Now, things come and things go, and there is going to be stress and worry. But I tell you what, thank Jesus we have him, that we can cast all our burdens, all our cares upon him because he cares and he loves you eternally. Amen. You know, I was reading a post uh, the other day. Let me read you this. If you seem to be holding your breath a lot, clenching your fists, and maybe even experiencing interrupted sleep at night, breathe. Take a moment six to seven times a day to pause and take four deep breaths. It seems too good to be true, but this simple God-given natural phenomena is the greatest stress reliever. Also use these moments to breathe in the Holy Spirit and breathe out all your concerns. And if you Google the positive effects of breathing, deep breathing, it's amazing. It is unbelievable. And God knows what you need in the simple act of breathing. You know, when you, some of us more than others, okay, might be frantically having a stress attack and a stressful moment and rushing around. And then you see these people, you know, more new agey people on the beach, and they're meditating, and they're breathing, or they're in the park, and you walk past, and you're stressing, and you're worrying, and you're like, oh, hello, who's the greatest stress reliever? God, come on, they know how to do it, they go and meditate publicly, okay, that's wonderful, but why don't we do that more often, church? Not I'm saying go out in the parks and the streets, but you know, if you feel to do that, but I'm walking and talking with him, and breathe, And breathe and take those breaths and take those moments. It is one of the greatest stress relievers, isn't it, Ainsley? Amen. And Sally, those ones that counsel people. I want to encourage you to find times to take deep breaths this year and then be still for that moment and ask God to show you what is bringing undue stress into your life. Pray to him and say, Lord, take away my anxiety about this issue and help me trust you today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Amen. As simple as that. As this year begins, cast all your cares upon him. And number four is don't whine, shine. Everybody say, don't whine, shine. You can drink wine if you want, (laughs) but let it shine. Come on. I was just thinking of a song and now I can't remember it. But Philippians 2.15 says, So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in, in a rapt and crooked generation, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. Shining looks so much more attractive than whining. You know what I'm talking about? When you hanging around people that are whining and whining and whining and whining and they sound like this. I know sometimes I have a little whine 
And do you know who my little radar is? My husband. It's always too good, good to have someone in your world to give you a little slap and say you're whining too much. Get a little bit more shine on you. It's okay to whine. I, I, I let it go and then I'm good. But more whining than shining because shining is more attractive than whining. And are you a whining Christian or are you a shining Christian? I, I'm, it's a good question because whining repels people, shining attracts people. Wine, don't shine. Shine, don't whine, sorry. Yep. Don't whine, shine. When you're thinking about so much, anything can come out. You forgive me, don't you, church? You know, I was thinking about, it's quite fascinating to think about on the external, if we all had a bit of a makeover, okay, for us that are getting older, we all had a external makeover, a bit of a nip and a tuck and got rid of the wrinkles, we'd look 10, 15 years younger. And that's okay to look after the outward because I'm all for keeping healthy and fit and all of that because you want to last the race, amen. But the Bible says it's much more important to focus on making over our hearts. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the hearts. And as followers of Christ, every day we need to put to death sin, our attitudes, our thoughts every day, so that He can shine greater through us. And in this year ahead, I want to encourage you to leave behind our hearts that are complaining and negative and be filled with thankfulness. And in other words, don't whine shine, but I want to encourage you, clean out that unforgiveness, that bitterness that you were carrying from last year or previous years, to have the conversation to make things right, to resolve misunderstandings, to agree to disagree, and that's okay, but as long as it's in love and say it's all good, we agree to disagree. To maybe humble ourselves and say, you know what? You were right, I was wrong. And let's put it aside and move on. And there's two amazing scriptures. And in Proverbs 21 2, it says, Every man, every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. And in Psalm 133.1, it says, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. I don't know about you, but I want to live in harmony. I want to live in unity. We're not always going to agree, but we can work it out to make things better. It is not worth the sleepless nights. It is not worth the worry. It is not worth the anxiety because relationship is so much more important. Cast your cares upon Him. Let Him intervene. And I have seen Him do it time and time and time again. Don't get stuck, church. Don't get stuck in that moment, that moment of last year or that moment of years ago. It's time to get out of that moment, to get unstuck. And I want to just finish with this little story that yesterday I got home and I was out the front late afternoon watering our gardens and I had the hose out and I was just, you know, sprinkling from the top. And I remembered my mother's words, not my husband's words. And she said, when you water the garden, water down at the base of the plant. Because as you know, when you water from the top, yeah, 
the water's going to eventually trickle down, deep down into the roots. But when you water directly at the base, the water's going to go in a lot faster and, and the roots are going to get more saturated and absorb so the plant can grow and mature. And I was thinking about, as I was doing that, it's like us. We come into church when we feel like it. We read the Word when we feel like it. We pray when things are going wrong and I go, I need help, God. And we have a little bit of a chinkle, a little bit of a water. But I want to say to you this morning, church, that God wants to water your life from the feet up. He wants to saturate your life. And that takes coming into the house of God every day, weary, alive, but open so that you can come into the presence of God, so He can saturate your life, so that you can keep growing in maturity in Him, that you can walk out of immaturity and grow and grow to the person that He's called you to be, so that you can go to the the Word of God and He can saturate with the Word that you need, so you can walk and talk and commune with Him, so that you can keep growing and overcoming and going from strength to strength to strength, church. Don't let just let the trickle of, of God come on your life. Let Him saturate you from the feet up. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you lift your hands to heaven? I really feel that is a word for all of us this year, church. It's time to keep growing in maturity in Him, to walk out of maturity in Christ and let Him saturate. Don't just come into church and go, oh, that felt good, and then go back to your old habits and old ways. Come in and say, God, keep changing me week in and week out. Keep growing me week in and week out. And I tell you what, you'll live a better life. Not a, not a perfect life, but I tell you what, a better life in Him, a more sustainable life in Him, a more joyous life in Him. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.